I figured out how to meditate recently. No. Oh, shit. really? Yeah. I mean, it was for like three minutes at a time, but that's, dude, that's great. It feels cool. It's kind of like tingling your chest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what sparked this? Um, it's on my thirty before thirty. It's supposed to be. Okay, well, if I'm being honest, what sparked it was, remember when I was talking about Stephen Greer and he's like, if you meditate, you can speak with aliens. Oh, I don't yeah. actually think you can speak with aliens, but it's supposed to be very good for your health. So I looked more into it because so, it sparked it. You have one pro. There could be enough. Yes. Got it. <laughs> one for sure. Two if we're lucky. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, nothing cool. sinister about that, but... uh. No, nothing sinister not about yet. meditating. Not yet. <laughs> Only Unless you invite nothing. the aliens in. Yes. Mm. Keep us posted on that, little mama. What would you do? I come back from vacation, like, and we have a guest host, Glorp. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> from, what is it, like uh, something reticuli, Atron reticuli? Sarah, I don't know. You just, <laughs> said, you just said Glorp and expect me not to laugh. Like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. Ugh. Tell us about yourself. Anyway. Glorp, how you doing? Yes. That's how I talk. Yes. And then we would tell you what they said, which is, Sinister Sunrise is the best podcast in the whole universe. So we said that, that fast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that means, have you rated us five stars yet? <laughs> I think maybe you should. He did. Well, they did. Glorp, apologies. I know. I know. <laughs> and they said... Have we told you we're Sinister Sunrise? <laughs> this is our podcast. I'm Sarah, the I'm interpreter. Glorp. And Glorp. <laughs> I'm Aaron. <laughs> and I think it may be your story, Aaron. Is that it what is. you guys said? Yes. Oh. It is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that intro. <laughs> we are professionals. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Professional messes. That is what we are. But yes, it is my story today. And actually, um, so Morgan, you gifted me this serial killer trivia book a while back. Oh. I can only see a little bit of you. But yeah, yes, hi. hello. How are you? How are you? <laughs> yeah, with our little setup we have. We will put up pictures of our setup. It yeah. is amazing. I'm short. I'm sorry. Um, so a little while ago, I just kind of like blindly flipped through it. I was like, let's see what I land on and what I'm going to talk about. I'll cover it for an episode. Uh, so today I am covering the story of Nanny Doss. Nanny. Is that the grip? Oh, she the giggling granny. She the giggling granny. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Just you wait. <laughs> I don't know all the details, but I remember she's on an episode of Deadly Women. Ooh, mm-hmm. yes. They call her the giggling granny, and so many other names. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't really like old people. What? Oh, she's really not that old. (laughs) Old people that I don't know freak me out. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't know. I try not to. Unless you're old and you listen to this podcast. Like, we not freaked out by you. I'm like 100. Not like... Don't be 100. That's my idea of old, Sarah. What's yours? 100? (laughs) One? I think you're still young until 101. 101? Till you make it on that smokey's job, baby. Then you're uh, golden. Then you old. <laughs> Not 30. That we're slowly, whoa, whoa, well, whoa, closely whoa, getting whoa, to. Whoa, whoa. Just kidding. She looked stirring up me trouble. in the eyes. She looked I mean, directly at Sarah. Daggers. Okay. Well, you're going to be 30 before us, but we are. Shh, don't say that. No, Andrew, the other day, Coming did I up. tell you guys, oh, what are we talking about? Something like, we'll get our second house or something. He's like, oh, man. We will have owned two houses before we're 30. It's like, well, before I'm 30. I'm like, okay, before you're divorced. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my God. Nice okay. rebuttal. Regardless, we're talking about giggling fucking old people. And you know what? I'm so full yep. that I just undid my second button on these Ooh. pants. I'm ready. And for the record, <laughs> I'm ready to be 30. Hurl your insults. Ain't gonna do nothing. 30. It was not an insult. 30. I was just saying. And thriving. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Sarah. <laughs> Wait, that's white chicks. Don't stop, can't stop. Don't stop the beat, I won't stop, can't stop. I don't know why. I was thinking 13 going on 30, but I started singing that from white chicks. Mm. <laughs> I need to- 
Aaron, go ahead. All right. All right. <laughs> Strap yourselves in. Okay. Nancy Hazel was born in Blue Mountain, Alabama on November 4th, 1905 to Whoa. farmers James and Lou Hazel. That's old. Oh. What? Oh, <laughs> Speaking of old. Hey, listen, listen. She's listen. like the crypt. <laughs> to be fair, your last story, which was the group story, involved a case from 2020. Yes. And so now, now we're going way back and my brain is like... Got some whiplash. Trying, yeah, mm-hmm. trying to play catch up. Damn, she yes. old. As, damn, she old. She well over one hundred. She she been on that smoke's jar. I wouldn't say that to her face. You're a very nice lady. <laughs> well, I think she's probably dead. <laughs> hey, so, we don't know. Let Erin tell her story. Okay, true, true. <laughs> by the age of five, Nancy started going by her nickname Nanny. She's cute. According to AlabamaHeritage.com, James was likely not her biological father. He also reportedly had a bad temper and was abusive towards her. It never really clarified what kind of abuse. If it was like physical, verbal, both, whatnot. Uh, But Lou never interfered when Nanny was on the receiving end of James's abuse. She would just turn a blind eye. However, she was known to be affectionate towards her children. Yeah. Mm. Take that as you will. Yeah. Since Nanny and her four siblings were expected to work on the farm, they rarely attended school. When Nanny was seven, she suffered from a head injury while riding a train to visit family in South Alabama. Encyclopedia of Alabama.org notes that Nanny like hit her head on a metal seat in front of her when the train like just suddenly slowed down. I guess it kind of braked or something. She's seven. She doesn't have a very good center of gravity. Oh, yeah. But ouch. And I'm guessing that's the forehead that she hit? So oh, yeah. So frontal lobe here? Probably right in the middle of the noggin. All right. Is what I'm thinking. Cassandra O'Hara wrote in her Medium.com piece that after the incident, Nanny complained of migraines and she suffered from blackouts and feelings of depression. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. During her teenage years, Nanny was preoccupied with romance, which her father tried to keep her from pursuing. James forbade Nanny and her sisters to wear makeup or any dressy clothes. Um, what a fool. Didn't he know if she got married and made children? That's more hands for the farm. One would think. Come on, guys. <laughs> Bless you, my child. Thank you. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, oh, we're both too reverence for both our dames now. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you, my child. Oh. Um, Nanny and her siblings also weren't allowed to attend social functions, even events that were held by the church they went to. They especially weren't allowed to hang out with boys. Dude, this guy's a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. He seems a bit strict. Can't even go to a church function? Apparently not. Her father's strict parenting seemed to have the opposite effect on Nanny, though. So I really only read this in one source, so maybe take this with a grain of salt. Um... But I read that um, Nanny would sneak out in the middle of the night to meet with boys her age. Hell yeah. That's what happens if you literally give your kids no leash. Again, I oh, have yeah. zero children. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's human nature. Tell yes. me you can't do it. Well, now I want to do it. I mean, fuck. Again, I would like to reiterate human nature, not even child nature. Yeah, it's very just fair. worse when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You tell me I can't do something now? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that head injury, that probably didn't help her impulse control. So good luck keeping her there. And when um, she didn't sneak out, she found her escape through romance magazines. She particularly enjoyed the Lonely Hearts sections. So those are the ones she would read the most. What does that mean? Am I dumb? What does it mean? Oh, so it's like you put in an ad, like you're trying to find love. You're look who you're looking for. Did they have that back then? Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, girl. Love always finds a way. Yes. <laughs> or does it? <laughs> it's like Delilah before Delilah. Ooh. Delilah. Oh, you don't know what we're talking about. You're too young girls in this podcast. No, you're not. Look it up. It's great. And keep listening. Thanks. <laughs> I take it back. How's Glorb? How's Glorb? That wasn't me. That was Glorb. <laughs> Adults. 
and I've cried 17 times today. got, the more interested in romance she was and the more she wanted to find love. In 1921, 16-year-old Nanny got a job at the Linen Thread Company in Anniston. That's where she met Charlie Braggs. After five months of dating, the two tied the knot. Oh, damn. I'm impressed she waited five months. Yes. Um, From 1923 to 1927, the couple had four daughters together. Um, So almost like back-to-back-to-back pregnancies. Yeah. According to William DeLon's All That Is Interesting piece, Nanny's mother-in-law lived with them and was supposedly as controlling as her father was. Awesome. Nanny turned to drinking and smoking due to the stress. According to Wikipedia, she and Charlie were convinced that the other was guilty of infidelity. So they were like both pointing fingers at each other. Ooh, what a great relationship. Yes. Uh, Well, turns... I mean, turns out, though, that both of them were correct in their assumptions. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Okay. Well, good. They're both right and they're wow, both they're wrong. they're both, like, yeah. so insightful. That's... This is a great place to start our therapy session today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my God. Wow. Their relationship was ultimately ruined when their second and third daughters unexpectedly died in 1927. Their... Deaths were suspected to have been caused by accidental food poisoning since the previous day they were completely healthy young girls, but then they took a complete 180 after they ate breakfast. I'm sorry, huh? Huh? I think people maybe just died easier or we just asked less questions because we assumed people died easier. Probably asked less questions. I mean, also it's 1905. I mean. Yeah. Wait. DNA and stuff. Or 1920, but... Still, yeah. 1927. That's very young. Okay. Yeah. Um, Not long after his daughters were buried, Charlie left with their eldest daughter, Melvina. Did he suspect that she had killed the kids? Well, according to insurancenewsnet.com, he no longer trusted his wife and thought the food she made him tasted strange. Um, I don't know if any actual accusations were thrown, but... Uh, he just up and left. Hmm. All right. Maybe the safest bet. (laughs) It sounds like it. Their newborn daughter, Florence, stayed with Nanny and Charlie's mother. In the summer of 1928, Charlie filed for divorce after he returned to his home with Melvina, a new girlfriend, and this woman's child, forcing Nanny to take her daughters to live with her parents. So now Nanny has Melvina and Florence. Okay. I'm sure that's an ideal situation. She's not stressed at all. Ah, well. (laughs) Nanny wasn't phased by the abrupt end to her first marriage. She had taken a job at a local cotton mill, but was ready to get back on the market. (laughs) She decided she didn't want to meet eligible bachelors in person. Instead, she posted a Lonely Hearts ad, and it wasn't long before she received a response. Ooh. A Jacksonville, Alabama man named Frank Harrelson submitted a photograph and poetry. He had composed himself an answer to Nanny's advertisement. Oh, my God. Uh, The two exchanged letters. Nanny, in particular, chose to include some raunchy details and (gasps) uh, photos in her letters, apparently. getting hot here. (laughs) My God. God. The two met and got married about a year after Nanny's divorce. Okay. Not terrible. Nope, not terrible. And while their marriage lasted for 16 years, it was anything but bliss. Uh, Frank was an angry alcoholic who spent more time in jail than at home, apparently. When he was home, he physically and emotionally abused Nanny. She did learn, like, at some point during their marriage, that her second husband had been charged with assault in the past. So he did have a history of it. Great, great attributes. Yeah. Of course. De- definitely what you want in your second husband. That's what I'm going to look for, I yeah. think. Yeah. The only thing Nanny had to look forward to was the birth of her grandchildren. Melvina had given birth to her son, Robert, in 1943, and two years later, she gave birth to her daughter, which um, was described as being a very long birth and it had taken, you know, a toll on her. Yeah. She was exhausted. 
Nanny was present for her granddaughter's debut, and while Melvina and her husband were asleep in the hospital room, Nanny held and rocked the baby. However, an hour later, Melvina's daughter was no longer breathing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kids die. It happens, yes. Yes, that can happen. Uh, Melvina, though, later told family members she saw Nanny stab her daughter in the head with a stick pin, uh, which is like one of those really long, like, hairpins or whatever, if you don't know. Uh, But her family chalked it up as a hallucination caused by the drugs the hospital had given her. Morgan's out. Yeah, we're not a visual podcast, but Morgan had to walk away. Sorry. (laughs) Whoa, my stomach just did a fucking backflip. Oh, yes. Right. Okay. Whoa. Yes. Um, and that just, that story kind of ends there. I don't know if they really looked into it or if they did, like you said, Sarah, think, you know, maybe the baby just wasn't viable like they thought it was. It sounds like there's some heavy suspicions with Nanny Doss. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if they didn't see her doing this, the fact that her own daughter was like, you know, I got a weird vibe. I had a, a hallucination dream and uh, mom's nuts. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't a hallucination dream. I hope but. it was. Fever dream or not, mm-hmm. the baby is no longer with us. Yes. yes. And that wouldn't be Melvina's only loss. Six months later, she had left Robert in Annie's care, um, her son Robert. But when she returned to pick him up, she discovered that her son had died of asphyxia from unknown causes. What? Mm-hmm. This one was killing her own grandbabies. Asphyxia is like being stra- you couldn't breathe, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Okay, well, I think we know there's a cause for that. So what is it? He's too old for it to be SIDS, I think. Well, it- yeah, I don't know. All right, never mind. When it was first discovered, um, but yeah, they unknown causes. Now Robert is dead. Yes. Uh, what was a little suspicious, also, uh, was the fact that Nanny had taken a life insurance policy out in her grandson's name and had received $500 after his death, which would be a little over, like, $8,000 today. Don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. <laughs> her creeping to the insurance agency, like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that, that gecko would be like, mm, suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nanny's uh, second husband um, also met a mysterious demise. World War II had um, come to an end, and Frank decided to celebrate by going on a bender with his friends who had returned from the service. When he came home from his bender, he raped Nanny before passing out. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spousal rape is real. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, He died of alleged food poisoning on September 16th, 1945. There is a lot of food poisoning. Uh huh. Quote unquote food poisoning. Uh huh. Maybe someone should check the cannery or uh, where she's getting this food from. Mm-hmm. Check the cannery. <laughs> check the cannery. I already have a theory. Oh yeah. Arsenic. You don't say. <laughs> you think arsenic? Arsenic. Arsenic. According to All That Is Interesting, Nanny received a considerable life insurance payout, enough to buy land and a home near Jacksonville. Dude, this woman is wiling out. Oh, yeah. Who else can I kill? Come on. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it keeps on going. Arlie Lanning, a laborer who once lived in Alabama but now resided in Lexington, North Carolina, read Nanny's recent Lonely Hearts ad and reached out to her. Nanny traveled to North Carolina to meet him, and after only getting to know each other for two days, they decided to get married. Oh my god. <laughs> he, he was really lonely. The time gets, like, shorter and shorter. Oh my god. Girlfriend. So as of this moment... <laughs> she moves quickly. It sounds like husband number one is the luckiest son of a bitch ever. Yes. Alright. Yes. Just checking we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. He said bye. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Nanny uh, moved in with Arlie and easily acclimated to the town. She became an active member of the local Methodist church and the public viewed her as a respectable wife. She also received a lot of sympathy because the town knew that Arlie wasn't around a lot since he spent most of his time with sex workers. Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) Just how knowledge. (laughs) Did she know that before she married him? Um, I don't think she... 
knew it. I mean, they only knew each other for two days. Yeah, I really don't have a question. <laughs> I don't know how that gets brought up in conversation. Your but... escapades have gone too far in the two days I've known you. Yes. <laughs> um, but at one point in their marriage, Arlie suddenly became ill. Hey, Arlie's a real cute name. It is a cute name. Yeah. Uh, he was constantly vomiting and had dizzy spells. Nanny told her friends that Arlie appeared to be getting better until he ate a breakfast of prunes and coffee that she had put together for him. I'm sorry, prunes and coffee? Together. <laughs> Don't prunes also? Dude, that boy be shit. <laughs> yes. That's what I was dancing around, so thank you for yeah. just coming You're out. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you got no shame on this podcast for that kind of stuff. Uh-uh. What kind of breakfast of losers is that? Like... It's not a breakfast of champs. I guess you could say it was kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah, it's no breakfast I want, that's for sure. No. I'll take the coffee. Leave, save the prunes. Dude, Leave them. the prunes. Yeah. Also, you need both? <laughs> yeah. You need a doctor. <laughs> Get Jamie Lee Curtis on that ad. <laughs> or prunes and coffee. Are you not regular enough? <laughs> oh my. That's not what we had for breakfast, if you're curious. We had Southwest Diner. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was doing a lot more than that. And no one considered Arlie's death in 1952 as suspicious. Did he die in the toilet? I, no, he's not Elvis. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to. I'm sorry. That was disrespectful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Arlie. That's okay. I mean, Arlie doesn't sound that great. No. He was a sexcapetaholic. That, yes. Married son after two days. Arlie, I got some questions for you as well. And you ate prunes and coffee for breakfast. You didn't have to eat it. No. Go on. But his I will loving lose, I will get over wife it. put it together for him. His lovely wife of two whole days. Yeah. All I know is Clavis said no to a few meals. And that's fine. Because you know what? Some of them are questionable. Will he die? No. Are they prunes and coffee? Also no. The doctors assumed Arlie had suffered from a heart ailment that had worsened due to his heavy drinking habit and the flu that had been going around at the time. Dude, these doctors are making a whole hell of a lot of assumptions. I'm just saying. I know it's early, but like, uh, looks he looks like he's a heavy drinker. Or, oh, oh, we've been informed he's a heavy drinker. Probably his heart. Move on. Well, with a small town, they knew his lifestyle. Yes. And it sounds like Nanny... I mean, she crossed state lines. She probably filled in the gaps. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she comes across very sweet, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Volunteers at the church, like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm such a good person. But are you, Nanny? Mm-hmm. No. Nanny might have stayed in the area, but she discovered that Ardley had left his home to his sister in his will. <laughs> so Nanny just packs up the TV and leaves town. You know what? I was expecting you were going to say, so then the sister died, and I was yeah. like, okay. Okay. Not not the sister, but eerily, a few hours later, the house was no longer standing. It had mysteriously burned to the ground. <laughs> was that also due to the war ending, or alcoholism? What was the reasoning on this house burning down? No reason I could find. Just spontaneous? <laughs> yeah. It was the prunes. <laughs> it was the prunes. <laughs> it really combusted. It <laughs> I am unwell. I am unwell. Oh, God. Can you ever tell this is episode number three that we're recording one day? <laughs> so, I feel like this is always the deal with Aaron. I'm so sorry, Aaron. That's okay. <laughs> I'm start with you sometime. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Nanny went to live with Arlie's mother in a nearby town. A few weeks later, the insurance check for the house fire arrived, which was, um, I guess, in Arlie's name still and would have gone to his sister if she had been occupied dealing with the passing of her mother, who had died in her sleep out of the blue. 
wait, 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 wait. Okay. Nanny moves in to mother-in-law. Yes, Arlie's mother. Nanny collects check. Mm-hmm. Mother-in-law dies in sleep. Correct. Okay. I'm following. Arlie's sister, preoccupied. She's got a lot going on. <laughs> Her brother just died. Her mom yeah. died. The house burnt down. She's got a lot of loose ends to tie up there. Yes. Uh, Nanny, though, doesn't. She <laughs> illegally cashed the check and left town, taking her television with her. She returned to Alabama to take care of her sister, Davy, who was sick with cancer. Gee. Oh, wait. Who's? Nanny's sister. Nanny's sister. Got it. Nanny's sister, Davy. She's sick with cancer. Nanny's like, well, I will go take care of her. No, Nanny, no. You stay away. Out of the goodness of my heart. Um, But Nanny didn't have to tend to her sister for very long, though. A little while after her arrival, Davy suddenly passed away. Oh, crazy. So she's not helping? She's trying her best. (laughs) Not that I know of. It's a Nanny signature right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Prunes and coffee. It just sounds like a terrible idea. It is. Mm -mm. If anyone serves you prunes and coffee, then they're no good. (laughs) If their name is Nanny, back away slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Nanny was on the hunt for husband number four and paid $15 to join the Diamond Circle Club, which was a correspondence dating service. Oh, shit, bro. She's Mm -hmm. going for the big fish now. (laughs) She's busting out, bro. Is she balling out? <laughs> Fifteen whole dollars? Yeah, tr- truly. She, the fact that she spent that money on that—that's gotta say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she's getting that those insurance checks, that insurance payout. So Definitely might as well spend it. Nothing to her. I think Nandy just always needs someone to care to intend to until like. she doesn't yeah <laughs> i need you to pick nanny what do you want true she met retired emporia kansas salesman richard morton through the service and in 1952 they wed um so again this is like the same year that um arlie died by the way so again moving quickly um, 1905 so 52 minus 05 is 40 something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I think from what I remember from the <laughs> deadly women, Nanny really liked to keep up her appearance. Like, I think her hair was perfectly coiffed. Like, she was very into looks. Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I believe that's okay. correct. Mm-hmm. I just remember in the. I don't know why her stuck out to me so much, but she had like the horned rim glasses a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had like the look going. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sweet grandmother look. Mm-hmm. And she's a good cook, as we can see. <laughs> good question mark. <laughs> yeah. Actually, maybe it's the weakest coffee ever. And that's why the prunes were needed. Maybe. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm immature. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello. We're back. Mm-hmm. We've been through a lot today. We have. (laughs) Yes. Richard was unlike um, Nanny's previous husbands in some ways. He reportedly treated her really well. Okay. Of course he did. However, according to all that is interesting, he did like to spend time with other women. Dude, what the fuck? (laughs) And this is the really well husband? Uh, Better, different than the others, Sarah. Yeah. That's what she said. He treated her nicely. He just likes seeing other women on the side. Is that all? Okay. Yes. (laughs) Nanny apparently never found out about this, but... Yeah. Well, okay. I also say that too, but regardless, she wasn't satisfied with the marriage. Okay. Two months after saying I do, she placed another advertisement on looking for love. So she's not even like gone. She's like, "Mm, let's see what I can find. Let's see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. crazy. Her search was halted, though, when her mother came to live with them. Lou had broken her hip in January 1953 and was in need of a caretaker, especially since her husband had passed away, I believe, that same month. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Nanny agreed to help her mother, but after just three days, Lou began to suffer from unbearable stomach pains before succumbing to her symptoms. Richard also met an untimely end three months after Lou's death. This is a lot of death around there one. Uh... Could you imagine not being a bad person and all of this happening to you and being like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, well, I bet that's what like Arlie's sister was thinking. Like, yeah, you know, death after unfortunate, you know, things happening one after the other. I couldn't imagine. All in like pretty quick succession. I'd be like, what the what's wrong with you? I would like, is God testing me? Mm-hmm. Am I cursed? Yeah. Nanny met her fifth husband, Sam Doss, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and married him in 1953. Okay. Sam's previous family had perished after a tornado struck their Madison County, Alabama home. Yeah. So, trying to, you know, move on. Yeah. Uh, he was a conservative Nazarene minister. He wasn't violent, and he didn't commit adultery like her previous husbands. But Yeah, so good things. However, he was a bit of a penny pincher, and he didn't approve of Nanny's obsession with romance magazines and novels. Not the novels. Not the novels. This didn't sit well with Nanny. She ended up moving back to Alabama, but Sam was heartbroken. He wanted to get her back and showed her he could change his ways by putting her name on his bank account and taking out two life insurance policies, naming her as his beneficiary. Oh, Dude, just no. buy the fucking magazines. Yeah, I, was like, I think there was an easier way <laughs> yeah. to have done this. Uh, Nanny did return, and one day after eating one of her homemade prune cakes, again with the prunes, <laughs> Sam... <laughs> Again, Morgan is out of her chair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, did you have prunes today? You're not feeling well? I feel great. (laughs) I feel pruny. (laughs) God. These prune cakes. Yes. Y'all question why I don't like raisins. They're in that same family. Okay. I've never had, well. No, go on. Someone told me about a can't they it's like a cheat candy bar. You take a prune and you like cut it in half and then you put peanut butter on it and chocolate chips and then you freeze them. I think prunes are supposed to be sweet. They are. And then like, apparently it's like a candy substitute. I don't remember who told me this story. Was it Nanny Doss? No. It wasn't. It was <laughs> someone who speedy. said, I forgot what prunes did to you and I had four one morning. Ooh. She did not eat any more after that. Moment of silence. Yep. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, these are really good. Bop, bop, bop. And then it was like, oh no. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Back to the prune cakes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting for dessert, by the way. So hope you brought your appetites. <laughs> I might pass. A dancing, singing prune? Or like, uh, just Aaron, like, like holding a bowl of prunes. <laughs> and a prune in the background. Okay, I'll work on it. I'll see what I can oh, yeah. do. I'm down. All right. So after Sam eats, you know, Nanny's homemade prune cake, he um, began to experience terrible stomach pains and other flu-like symptoms, which led to him being hospitalized for a month. Whoa. That's a lot of prunes. Yeah. That's a lot of time back then. Yes. He did recover and was sent home on October 5th, 1954. A week later, Sam was dead within a few hours of him eating prunes and coffee Nanny had served him. Quit giving people prunes and coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ain't nobody's stomach can handle that. No. No one is noticing this. No one. Well, actually, in this case, someone did. Okay. The doctor who had treated Sam um, during his stint became suspicious regarding the circumstances behind his death. He had actually been skeptical that Sam's long hospital stay was related to food poisoning, but he didn't have any proof to suggest Sam's symptoms were caused by foul play. He wanted to complete an autopsy and convince Nanny that it would help him figure out what illness Sam had suffered from, which would in turn help save other lives. <laughs> and Nanny said, all right, sounds good. Okay, so I remember this part. This is, I think this is what did it. The horn rim glasses. He asked her if he could do it in, a, in front of a group of people. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. So she was like, of course. Yeah. Because it would have been Like putting her in like a tight spot. Like yeah. she had to say yes. He asked her if he could do the autopsy in front of people. No, no. He asked her 
Yeah. yeah, like we're at a party, a group setting. In front of, yes. Hey, can I give an autopsy to your husband? And there was like seven other people around. Well, I think he worded it like, I would sleep better at night. I just want to make sure me as a doctor, I know what's going on. Because he wants to save other lives. He wants to know like, what was this? (laughs) I know what it was. Uh Not his like, I know, he he knows what's up. I bet he did. Yeah. Yeah. After getting the okay from Nanny, the doctor did the autopsy and discovered that Sam's stomach contained enough arsenic to kill a horse. I'm sorry, did someone guess that? Who said arsenic? Who guessed it? Who guessed it? <laughs> Me! Damn. Back on the cloud. Now, ladies, let's go. There you go, Morgan. You knew. You knew. It's also the only poison I know. So. <laughs> Besides, like, rat poison. Well, arsenic, and a lot of my sources said either rat poison, it didn't specifically say arsenic, but I think it was in rat poison, though. So. Oh, okay. Like, Back in the day. I don't know if it still is or not, but I think it like used to be. Like if you wanted to poison someone with arsenic over the counter, you would buy rat poison. I think so. Okay. I think there were, it was in there from what I read. So it kind of used both almost kind of interchangeably. So, I mean, if I'm wrong, someone, you know, let me know. I would gladly, you know, take it back and make a correction. But yes, regardless, it was poison. Officers arrested Nanny, but when they questioned her, they found her demeanor uncomfortable. The 49-year-old grandmother didn't grieve her husband's death. Instead, she laughed and flirted with them. Oh, no. Her attention was spent more on a Romantic Hearts magazine than the questions they were asking her. Is this woman okay? It sounds like she ain't. I mean, she's not, but like... She's killed five people and more. I don't think she's okay. She's like, can't put the magazines down. Mm -mm. It's like she's living in a fantasy. And whenever reality isn't matching up, she murders people. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, yeah. I'm not a professional. And I think at some point during their, like, interrogation, they do, like, take the magazines away from her. Um, she was interrogated for hours before finally confessing to poisoning Sam. When asked why she killed him, she said he wouldn't let her watch her favorite television program, and he would only allow her to read magazines or watch TV shows that he deemed educational. Oh, and also, he wouldn't let her turn the fan on during the hot summer evenings. The last one got me, though. Bastard. Kill him. Yep. Yep. That's a bit crazy. Oh, very crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just know we don't want a divorce. (laughs) Normalized divorce. (laughs) Normalized divorce. (laughs) Officers had gotten a confession out of Nanny, but their job wasn't quite done yet. She had told them she would talk about her three previous husbands' mysterious deaths if they would give her her magazines back. What? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, should this woman be <laughs> She cheerfully confessed to murdering Frank Harrelson, Arlie Lanning, and Richard Morton, just so she could get those, you know, magazines. Okay, you know what? I'm on Morgan. Is she okay? Well, probably not. I I would imagine this is a norm. I mean, none of this is normal behavior. So, okay. Yeah. That's wild. It, it is, is wild. Hey, yo. Give me that lover's magazine back and I'll tell you about the other men I murdered. Like, no, they're like, excuse me? The other men you murdered? Yeah, my last three husbands. Oh my God. You know what that reminds me of? He ran into my knife. He ran into my knife ten times. <laughs> he had it coming. He had it coming. 100%. Not really. It's the opposite. He didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve it. Give her the magazines. <laughs> And And that's all it took for her to bust, was the fucking magazines. I mean, technically, I don't know if they start. I mean, I feel like every source I found kind of said the same thing. Um, So I don't know if they started looking into her more and realized she had, you know, all these other previous marriages and that all of these men besides the first her first husband were dead mm-hmm. so i don't know if they were like grilling her more about that or if she literally was just like hey you know what i want my magazines so let me tell you about my other three husbands okay yeah so i don't know how it went down but so if they give her a new magazine will she tell us about her grandkids a new book i will get to that okay, that's at the gonna end. take a book not a magazine yeah she wants a whole TV, a subscription to all of the romance shows. <laughs> then she'll be happy. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah. Um, so, 
Again, she says, you know, I'll tell you about my three other husbands and their bodies were exhumed and an autopsy determined they had died of arsenic poisoning. Nanny told detectives she had laced Frank's hidden jar of moonshine with rat poison. She had poisoned Arlie's prunes and coffee and she had poured rat poison into Richard's coffee. The insane story of Nanny killing off her husbands spread like wildfire. Journalists dubbed her a slew of nicknames, including the Giggling Granny. Giggling Granny. Her, her most, I guess, well-known moniker. Um, also Lady Bluebeard, the Lonely Hearts Killer, and the Jolly Black Widow. Since she was always like laughing and smiling when she talked about how she killed her late husbands, which could actually be seen in like the pictures that were taken of her during the police interviews. I'm looking up right now. Mm-hmm. She's just always like, she's always smiling. Yes. Go ahead and pull up a picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, there she is. Yep. Big old grin. Here's a bigger one. She's laughing. <laughs> My husband is dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's what they said, too. They were just, like, really uncomfortable around her. Because, again, not normal behavior to be laughing and smiling and giggling about, you know, murdering your husbands. Mm-hmm. Way too many. Yeah. Oh, here's her in color. And then I'll put the, p- the nanny down. Put the nanny down. Put the prunes down, nanny. <laughs> they bust in our house. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's so terrifying about her. She looks like a normal grandma. But I will like, say, this... she looks like, I know she's, like, grinning in all these pictures, but, like, I can see, like, a lot of the, like, men around her in this picture are, like, older. So they probably were like, oh, she's, like, a vivacious mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. Also, can you imagine this? She's, what, like, 50 in this picture? Yeah. She looks like she's 82. Yeah, R82. We've talked about this before. But, like, the Golden Girls... They're, like, in their 50s. Oh, yes. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Goddamn. My mom looks good for 55. Your mom looks great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So do y'all. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting it back here. Sarah, your mom looks like she's 23. Yeah, but she doesn't listen, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) I mean, I'll take the compliment for her. Thank you. (laughs) We love Beth. Also. Yes. Oh, she doesn't listen either. <laughs> but I'll let her do that. She'll appreciate it. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so um, during these interviews, Nanny claimed she hadn't killed her husbands for the insurance money, stating, quote, I was searching for the perfect mate, the real romance in life, end quote. It was really scary, and I think we kind of assumed this anyway, is... If she hadn't been caught, her killings would have likely continued. Oh, for sure. She had met a new man through the Diamond Circle Club and had been exchanging letters with him at the time of her arrest. So she was already, like, on the prowl. That's a lucky man. Normalized divorce. Mm -hmm. Normalized divorce. And besides Nanny's first husband, Charlie, another man seemed to have escaped Nanny's clutches. In November 1954, the High Point Enterprise interviewed 50-year-old Hoy Faust, who had dated Nanny a year before Sam's murder. They were on and off for about six months, but each time Nanny brought up marriage, Hoy would shut the idea down until they just stopped seeing each other altogether. <laughs> okay, that's probably what saved him. Oh, yeah. Hoy? Koi, like C-O-Y. That's what his name is. Isn't Koi fish? K-O-I? Well, yeah, yeah so oh, like, that's how you say it. Koi. Koi. That's how I would say it. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Hmm. I'm going to say it I thought you said Koi, and I was like, that's... Koi. Koi boy, that's a, <laughs> that's that's a name. A <laughs> yes. So there did seem to be a couple people who did, you know, escape, you know, uh, untimely death from Nanny. Her grip. Her grip, yes. At her trial, Nanny blamed her murderous acts on the brain injury she had when she was a kid. Bullshit. She believed that was the cause of her, quote unquote, thinking crooked. I don't know how much that goes into it. I also don't know if that was just something she maybe even made up to kind of explain. Huh? What's that quote, Sarah? 
frontal lobe? No, you're. Oh, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. responsibility. Yep. Yeah. So again, so it could have been, you know, maybe a more made-up story, or maybe it did happen, and she was suffering from something. But again, you kill a lot of people. Maybe like put you in a more delusional spot, but like you did it, and you remember doing it. And you know killing is wrong. I don't think... That's the big piece. Yes. Church, you know killing is wrong. You know what's right and wrong. Get out of here, ma'am. Mm-hmm. The death penalty was discussed, but according to Encyclopedia of Alabama.org, a judge declared her insane, explaining, quote, he did not want to set a poor precedent by executing a woman and especially not a person with mental disabilities, end quote. On May... Okay. I mean... Interesting take. I see his point. Yes. Um, On May 17, 1955, she pleaded guilty to murdering Sam Doss, and the judge sentenced her to life in prison. If she would have received the death penalty, Nanny would have been the first woman in Oklahoma history to have been executed. So I think that's why the judge was like, none on my watch. Yeah. I think that really was the only thing that had, like, a part to play in it. Um... Uh, yeah, it definitely, definitely seemed to factor into his decision. Even in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary, Nanny was cheerful. She conducted interviews and was only sad about the fact that she was tasked with just laundry duty. She <laughs> they let her in the kitchen. Well, she told she told she told one newspaper, "quote When they get short in the kitchen, I always offer to help out, but they have never let me work there." End quote. <laughs> Why do you think that, Nanny? <laughs> Because they're assholes. God damn, this woman has the biggest set of balls I've ever, ever seen. Which that could be just a head injury. Because it does hurt your impulse control. It may give you a different... I don't, I don't know. It's not your fault. It's your responsibility, though. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like if she did have a head injury, it wasn't even, like, looked at or um, diagnosed. You know what I mean? So it's hard to tell, like, what's real? Did this really happen? And what's not? That happened at seven, and then she didn't start doing anything bad until... Apparently, yeah. yeah. She had four children some odd years later. Mm-hmm. Ten plus. Like in her 20s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's kind of weird, but... Like late 20s. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that there wouldn't be any other signs. Yeah. It just, it really is like, here's her childhood. Okay, now she's with Charlie, and they're having kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. So again, she'll blame, I mean, she blamed it on her head injury, but who, who's to say what it was? Um, I would give you like 20% max of that head injury. Yeah. The rest yeah. percentage, that's you, baby girl. Mm-hmm. On you. It's believed that Nanny's killing spree started when she was married to Charlie. They believe her two daughters were her first victims. Five of her family members' bodies were exhumed and autopsies were conducted. Similar to Sam Doss, Lou Hazel had trace amounts of arsenic in her body. The bodies of her other four family members, and I didn't, I wasn't able to find which specific family members these were, um, showed signs of asphyxia or arsenic poisoning as well. Nanny was charged with murder in North Carolina, Kansas, and Alabama, but she was never tried in those states. I think since she already got life in prison, I guess they just let her have, you know, that one sentencing. Um, Maybe wanted to keep the others in their back pocket. I don't know. But on June 2nd, 1965, Nanny died in prison at the age of 60 from leukemia. Six zero? Yeah. So she only was in prison for like 10 years. Damn. Yeah. In total, it's believed Nanny murdered at least 11 people, the majority of them being her own family. She, yeah, she never admitted to killing her family members, though. Instead, she chose to take that confession to the grave. And that is the story of Nanny Doss, a.k.a. the Giggling Granny. Well, guess who's not giggling right now? These grannies. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven people? From what they, if not more, and who, I mean, there could be more. I mean, there are definitely other people she was talking to. And she had seen, so who knows? Maybe there are a couple that just no one really knows about. Wild, wild, wild. <laughs> I'd put in my notes at the end, I was like, from like serial dater to serial killer. <laughs> There's like, how? You go from one end of the spectrum to the other. Who's to say she wasn't dating like multiple people all the time? 
And it seemed like it kept on getting like shorter and shorter too. Like even as she was like married to one of her husbands, she was already seeking out someone else. Like she would never have been satisfied. I was going to say, it seems like she only killed you if you were married, but that it may also be, we only know that because she was legally connected to that person. So you're right. She could have been killing and you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, her Wikipedia and whatever else I found, but mm-hmm. a true black widow. Yeah, yeah. It, it that's my story, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. That was nuts. It was. I only had to get up two or three times, but those damn prunes, they got me. Mm-hmm. They got me good. Yes. Found it through that book you gave me, Morgan. Solid. Even though I'm I had, so happy. I'd heard of it before, but yeah, I didn't know like all the details, and it was. Pretty wild. So I don't think I've ever heard, I don't think I'd ever heard of that. So mm-hmm. there well, there you have it. Now you know. <laughs> Thank you. I think. Yeah. Don't accept prunes and coffee, people. <laughs> now I know what to look for. Yeah. Thank if you. I see that on a menu, I'm out. It's not I safe for us there. On a menu. I'm out. <laughs> well. If you liked that episode, you can let us know at SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. We are always taking requests, so if you have any stories for us to cover individually or even as a group topic, um, let us know. We like to talk about things you guys want to listen to. You can also go to um, Apple Podcasts. You can rate us five stars leave us a little review tell us how we're doing or if you have any suggestions you can also rate us on spotify as well and then you can check out what we're posting on instagram and facebook at sinister um sunrise podcast and then we do have a tiktok sinister underscore sunrise underscore podcast with some cool things we post here and there and yeah i think that's it thank you don't eat prunes and coffee together stay <laughs> The most sinister dish. <laughs> the most sinister dish. Prunes and coffee. Yes. I mean, my nose. You have. Um, actually, don't want to stop this. I'm not going to touch it. Because <laughs> my luck, I will like, hit the wheat. Did you guys ever watch, like, um, America's Got Talent? No. Wow. America's Next Top Model a lot. I, when I was younger, I did watch quite a few seasons. And then I just, like, quit it. Cool turkey. Do you remember Mr. J? Oh, yeah. The he is so, so, so hot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even look like he's aged. He's 50. Like, 